All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. Folks, it's Andrew here, back on the podcast talking about Nightwalkers from Season 6, written by Joseph Malizzi and Paul Mully, and directed by Peter DeLuise, the Dream Team. Um, yeah. I liked this one. It's uh, another one of these ones set entirely on Earth, which is what Joseph Malizzi and Paul Mully are famous for. And in fact, I did notice it was very reminiscent of their one of their other episodes, Point of No Return, which of course is all about Martin Lloyd, the paranoid alien guy who thinks people are following him, who thinks there's a conspiracy and he's, he's, he's being hacked and surveilled and he you know, snooped on and drugged and <laughs> it turned out to be right about all of it. Um, the same kind of atmosphere is happening in this episode. Um, yeah, it was written by the same guys, so perhaps that's why. Um, it's got a really creepy, cool, small-town horror kind of vibe to it. You know what I was thinking of? There's a new... Oh, new. New to me. Um, there's a Stephen King novel. Um, I don't know if this is similar to, like, Salem's Lot. I haven't read that one. I don't know if it's a reference to that or something, or if it's just a reference to, like... Night of the Living Dead or something with zombies with all the Nightwalkers. But anyway, there's this Stephen, Stephen King novel called 112362, I guess. Um, it's about this guy, loosely. It's about this guy who f- finds this door back to the past and uh, is given this mission by this other guy who knows about it. You've got to go back and you've got to stop JFK being assassinated, you know, but they they don't know if it's going to actually work. So they practice, you know, changing history like that in the past. That's a big deal. And they practice by trying to stop a small town murder. And so the first like third of the book is set in this this tiny little town where all the people are kind of looking at this guy suspiciously and he's trying to fit in and he knows that there's the town has dark secrets there's there were terrible murders here before and you know no one wants to talk to strangers and all of that (laughs) so I just finished reading that about a week or two ago and so this it could actually have been set in this sleepy little town anyway should we get into it um starts out with this paranoid whistleblower type Making a phone call to Sam Carter in the middle of the night. <laughs> uh, sometimes you just think that in a TV show or in a movie, someone's going to pick up the phone and it's just going to be from Scary Movie. You know, what's up? Hello, can you hear me now? Goddamn TV ruined my imagination. Anyway, so we're back into this Adrian Conrad storyline. Remember how Mayborn and his team... 
all of that. Is Mayborn going to be back in it? I don't know. I didn't know. I'd know now because I've watched it. But at the time, I was like, oh, actually, is he in this? I'd love to see him again. He is not. <laughs> I did notice, um, just in the opening credits roll, of course, in the opening credits clip show, you know, we see the characters doing a couple of action shots, some sequences, some running, some jumping, some shooting. We we see a few seconds of those as their credits, you know, their roll, the um, the names roll through the credits. Gary Jones is in there, so I wonder if I now have to. Um, <laughs> he's in there for like a split second. Do I have to give it the five points for the episode featuring Gary Jones? I don't think I do. <laughs> and hey, I make the rules, so it's not going to happen. But it did give me pause for thought. Because there's also, in this season, it's a new clip show. And I was like, oh, there's some Asgard. Is one of those Thor? Does that mean I have to give it the Thor points? <laughs> you know, maybe Braytac will be in there, or Jacob Carter. Oh my god, what have I done? Um, but, uh, no. No, we're good on those. Good on that front. Um, one point for the front gate stock footage, guys, as we go to the, uh, SGC where Jonas is explaining the, uh, the plot. Who was Adrian Conrad? So it's a good thing that he asked that because the audience gets a little opportunity to have some exposition and some revision on where we're picking up the story. There was a gold running around on Earth. We think we, we mopped up his operation, but, uh, maybe we haven't. <laughs> um... And the, the Jonas and Sam dynamic is actually really good, isn't it? You know, they tried the Teal'c and Jonas dynamic with the episode Descent. You know, are you suggesting an alien conspiracy? You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit <laughs> abrupt. And um, O'Neill and Jonas don't, you know, they haven't really had the chance to get along yet. But Sam and Jonas are fellow nerds, and they really relate to each other. So it's actually very, very sweet that, of course, O'Neill is not in this episode. Um, that it's, it's a Sam and Jonas bonding kind of uh, opportunity for them to take the lead there. Um, and uh, the new guy is... Um, figuring out all the talking he's doing all the talking you know isn't it strange for a small town like this for this to happen and this this is quite unusual and and all of these things he's like how does he know <laughs> how does jonas know anything about what's normal in a human small town on planet earth a little bit strange there but i guess we can just assume he's a quick study um Ten points, of course, because the episode features Teal'c wearing his uh, camouflage hat to try and pass himself off as a human. Um, and for that matter, I did laugh, like, especially when they first get out of the car in this town, they really, these three characters, Teal'c and Jonas and Sam, really look like rejects from The Matrix, don't they? With the big black trench coats and the black glasses. Um, the small town sheriff, yeah, he's a classic character that we've come to expect from something like this. Um, yeah, it's got all those vibes, doesn't it? The small town mystery vibes where things ain't been right since the girl drowned down the well back in the 52. <laughs> Folks is unhappy, there's rumblings. You know, all of this sort of vibe about it. Um, the vi Another vibe this gives is, like, um, from... Not Rocky. Jesus. Rambo. First Blood. The uh, the book more than the movie. If you have 
by the way, complete tangent. Um, if you've seen the Rambo movies, the first one you'll know is very, 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 very different from the others, from the sequels, which are just disgusting action movies, which, you know, boom, blam, machismo. The first one is a really interesting think piece on... <laughs> Here I am defending, I really said that. It's, a, it's about toxic masculinity and how every emotion, when you're living in the hyper-masculine conditioning, you can only express every emotion as violence and how it victimizes uh, the people who do it um, as well as their victims. Um, even the movie is much more, you know bam bam glorifying violence pretty shallow it's it's got the themes in there but the book is actually much much deeper into this um and I, i'm actually a big fan of the book first blood it's not even called rambo it's called first blood and that features you know a small town sheriff trying to keep the peace trying to keep the strangers out of his hair you know um so there were some of those vibes in this episode for me coming from that. Um, what are we? Blah, 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 some some guy is watching them. Now this all contributes to it. You know, the guy who's like surveilling them and watching them turns out to be on their side. Um, what's that about? <laughs> it's a little bit confused and convenient how that all dovetails together. It's like that's because when that guy is like watching them the the security guard guy you know we as the audience only see his him sort of standing there looking suspicious <laughs> you know and that's our clue that things aren't right in this town but uh he's actually not the one who's making things not all right in this town it would be much more accurate <laughs> if we saw uh five of the town folks kind of lined up and looking at us, at them suspiciously. <laughs> this guy is actually like, the security guy is like, uh, these are my three new best friends. <laughs> He's harmless. But anyway, anyway, it all adds to the intrigue. It's all part of the mystery. Um, one point for a push and swell when they discover the syringe. I'm doing the detective work. Jonas is eating toast. <laughs> Maybe I was wrong. Maybe they filmed them out of order or something like that. But uh, turns out, yes, the, the Jonas eating earth food trope is definitely alive again. <laughs> In the early stages of season six, just like the movie Ocean's Eleven, where Brad Pitt does similar thing. He's man on the run and uh, always on the move. Got a plan to enact. Things to figure out, things to study quickly. <laughs> He's gotta keep on eating when he can. Um, oh yeah, here I wrote down the bloodening. Have you seen the uh, the thing from The Simpsons? It's kind of early season Simpsons, I believe, about the this the haunted town, the nighttime evil haunted town possession vibe. It's really like this this parody thing from The Simpsons called The Bloodening, where the little children go evil and crazy. Get off from my moor, you mischievous winds. Actually, we'd prefer to stay. You're thinking about hurting us. <gasps> now you're thinking, how did they know what I was thinking? Now you're thinking, I hope that shepherd's pie in my knickers. Uh! 
right, you little bloodish. We've had quite enough of your evil mischief. But you're the one who's been bad. You've been sneaking puddings. But, but, how did you know? We know all your secrets. And you pilfered the poor box. <gasps> and, Doctor, we know that you and the boot black have been rogering the fishwife in the crumpet shop. <laughs> Lies! How dare you! Get them! Quickly! We can't have that. Um, anywho, Jonas is uh, in the restaurant again the next day or whatever, and uh, he's being super observant about that guy over there, put extra lumps of in his coffee, this guy got the order wrong, the waitress has dropped this and that. It, it, this scene is super reminiscent of the movie Triple X. I don't know if I can find the clip for this one. Vin Diesel, uh, year 2000, I believe, He's a super badass who's being recruited as a spy, and the spy agency puts him in this fake diner with actors around, and they're going to stage a fake uh, diner hold-up, a stick-up, a robbery, to see how this, uh, this <laughs> hapless motorcycle dude handles the, uh, the stress of a robbery situation. And he's talks it through like the waitress is wearing heels that guy's reading in a newspaper about finance when the markets are closed today you know it's he's basically line for line what jonas is doing right here he's he's very 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 observant <laughs> What happens? The sheriff explains that things are more complicated than they first appeared, and all of these documents are redacted, so we have to go through documents all day. It was a little bit like uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know if you've seen some of the episodes. I was thinking of two times. The one where they're, um, what is it, the episode Debbie uh, in season seven, where uh, they're trying to figure out what this, what this uh, girl Debbie is going to do. She's kidnapped some people. Um, so they're reading her diaries, but she's so such a needy, <laughs> a needy person, <laughs> terrible little uh, neurotic needy nerd that she's got like a thousand diaries. So they're trying to speed read her diaries, <laughs> and that's like the whole chunk of the episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. And there's another time where they're trying to find evidence, but all the documents have been shredded. There's just an entire room <laughs> that's full of paper shreds. <laughs> And they're, like, diving under there, trying to stick a few of them together. <laughs> That's basically what Stargate was doing. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Um, blah, 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 there's the there's the showdown in the bar. They're angry about taking their seats and all of that. And uh, the next day, uh, five points here, because Peter DeLuise is the man coming out of the cafe. It's a director cameo. Um, and so, yeah, no one remembers the... Uh, confrontation and apparently they only come out at night um are they all clones we entertain that idea for a second um of course not that would be crazy except they could be i don't know um <laughs> i love teal's little they, they are behaving very strangely even for humans <laughs> Jafar joke. Why don't I actually just give that uh, one point as a wild card point, just as a funny joke. <laughs> um, they find the spaceship, and you got to kind of admire the NID um, 
plan here. Like, here we're wasting all these national resources trying to build the X301, the X302, the X303. Why not just import some ghouls, let them think they're free and they're in control, and have them build a gold standard spaceship for us? It's kind of clever, except, of course, they're, they're really dealing with a Jurassic Park situation here. They cannot possibly control this thing. They don't understand it. Nature, life finds a way. So, five points because the episode finally reveals that they're all, like, reverse vampires and they're gold and they're body switching. They're not who we think they are. So finally, we're all in agreement about what's going on with the adults. Millhouse? <clears throat> okay, here's what we've got. The Rand Corporation, in conjunction with the Saucer People. Thank you. Under the supervision of the reverse vampires. <sighs> are forcing our parents to go to bed early in a fiendish plot to eliminate the meal of dinner! We're through the looking glass here, people. And I gave it another one point here because there's a push and swell when Sam injects herself. Um, it's very dramatic when she's about to be ambushed. She's like, I'm gonna get my gun. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. This is not gonna go... <laughs> Um, I gave it five points here because Agent Cross has Paul Mully <laughs> written on his uh, his name badge, uh, which is, of course, a writer cameo. Um, and for that matter, I looked it up on the uh, wiki page, and I didn't pick it up, but I should have. The delivery van from earlier has Jay Malozzi written on it, so which is the other writer. So five points and five points for those two cameos there. Sam takes charge of the go old situation and basically wraps it all up in a nice little bow. They round up the go old. <laughs> um, you gotta love the, the little button they put on the Sam and Jonas thing. The humans don't trust him. <laughs> Was it really necessary to slap me? <laughs> So I'm giving it another one point just as a wild card there for more amusing bonding humor. One more point for the front gate stock footage guys walking around Cheyenne Mountain. We're back there to wrap everything up and a little exposition talking about how the ship has been sent to Area 51. Now, do we ever see this one again? What the hell? If it's close to completion, you know, they've been waiting for how many years for that? For the NID, we're watching them build it for how many years? Or ten months, I suppose? Anyway, I wonder... I don't... I certainly don't recall that they ever come back to this and say, Hey, remember that half-finished gold ship we have in storage at Area 51? Well, this week we're doing... Blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't think they ever come back to it. Which is kind of a shame. You know, I'm... I mean, surely a Tok'ra could finish it. <laughs> you know, don't tangent sidebar here. I just thought of this. Do the Tok'ra have the genetic memory of the Gould? Now they've been rebels for like two thousand years or whatever, but the Gould technology hasn't changed that much. Now Gould, who have the such a bond with Naquita that it's in their blood and everything, um, and the Tok'ra also, because that's how Sam gets her sensitivity to Naquita and can, and can detect symbiotes, because she was possessed by Jolina, a Tok'ra. Does, why doesn't that mean that Sam has memories of 
you know, blueprints. <laughs> How do you... Why don't the Tok'ra send a couple of people to stay on Earth for three months writing down how to build these mega hyperdrive things that the gold have? <laughs> why not? Tell me why. Give me a reason. Um, anyway, let's count up some points. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36 points. Not so shabby at all. Um... I enjoyed this one quite a lot. Did you enjoy it? Let me know. I am at CreeYuHu on Twitter. Thank you to the people who are listening and tagging me in their posts. I really appreciate that. I'm looking at you, Gatecast. Thank you very much. I appreciate it so much. Um, and yeah, two more things, I guess. I was just uh, going through some of the special features from season four and five. I, they were kind of crap in season four, so I kind of gave up. And then... Uh, um, in season five, I was really not at my leisure to do so. I was, if I ever had time to do a Stargate episode, I was kind of rushed and trying to get it done while no one was around. You know, I can rant on the podcast. It's it's kind of awkward if someone's in the like in the next room. <laughs> Isn't that strange? <laughs> you can talk into a microphone and record it. It's the same when I'm trying to record singing. Um, you're you're a different person when you have an audience, is what I'm saying. You're a little bit inhibited, or maybe too big, or too quiet, or whatever. You know, it's different, different atmosphere. Um, but yeah, the the video diaries and the director, what are they called? Director series, director diaries um, from season five. I finally got got watching them, and they're really cool. I actually have been uh, putting this off for a couple of hours while I got through some <laughs> special features and stuff, and I'm kind of running out of time to do this today. Um, the other thing is, uh, I was just listening back, and um, I've had a, you know, I, I have been very, very sick with long COVID, and one thing, another happening in my personal life, and I was listening back to the episode Descent that I did, and I was just thinking, you know what, I wasn't happy that day, and I was really forcing myself to get this episode out, so I just have been thinking, um, and, like, making myself a promise that I'm not gonna do it like that anymore, it doesn't, it took the fun out of it, being under the time pump like that, um, whereas the, this one and the previous one, I've had a great time, and have been very happy to do it, and happy to just listen back to it, and, like, it, yeah, when you compare that with the other one, I'm like, oh, there's actually a big difference there with my enthusiasm levels. And frankly, if I'm not enthusiastic about this, there's no point doing it. Anywho, that's all from me tonight. <laughs> Next time, um, we get the wrap up on the uh, what's happening to Colonel O'Neill, who's been out of this episode. And if, uh, yeah, if you've never seen that before, you are in for a big surprise. See you then. Bye-bye.